Hey there, hope you're doing well. Uh, let's talk a bit about polyglot development and the need to know more than one language or framework uh, these days, right? It's, it's uh, again, a lot of what I say, at least when I say it, it sounds obvious enough to me. Uh, but you know, uh, just because it's obvious to me, it doesn't mean it's obvious to everyone. And even if it's obvious to, to most of us, it doesn't mean it's obvious to everybody, right? So if what I say seems very obvious, still give me the benefit of the doubt and, and see if some of this is, uh, some part of it is at least uh, different from what you may have already, uh, what, from what you may already know. So uh, when I say that polyglot, like learning different languages is important, uh, it might be like, yeah, sure, uh, you know, the more the merrier, right? But the reason I say that is, you know, years ago, right, when I uh, started doing development, for instance, uh, you could know Java and you could be a great Java developer and then just just focus your energies in, in building Java applications, right? And that was just fine, right? Because you could be doing that day in and day out, a month in and month out and year in and year out. And you could still be doing that too, right? Uh, but, you know, things have changed, right? Uh, things always change. But these days, and I, I speak to it specifically from a Snowpal experience. Now, our we have... Uh, uh, a web app uh, we have uh, the ios app we have the android app uh, and then we have uh, apis which we are starting to expose to to business users uh, and we have at least four uh, that i can share right now but there's more in the coming right so uh, and each of them are each of them is built uh, the way we could build them best right so we i mean each of them is literally built on a different stack uh, and we have a number of microservices I use that word carefully because, you know, it, it, uh, people uh, interpret that in any which way they want to, just depending on what they believe microservices are. Uh, I've done a couple of videos on that. Feel free to check them out. Uh, but without going to, without digressing, uh, we, we have a number of these, these uh, services and apps and deployments in, in all forms, ways and, ways and shapes, right? So in any given week, uh, we have to be writing code across in many different languages. And sometimes, not sometimes, quite often, even within the same language, if you do JavaScript and server-side, uh, or whether server-side or on the client as well, uh, we use multiple frameworks just because we've have, we have apps in production, we have ones that are building right now, we have ones that are brand new, we, are, we have others that we're actually integrating with the existing offering. Um, so given the business need and where we are right now and where we want to be, uh, the number of languages, frameworks, libraries, and everything is just going to keep growing, right? And it also keeps growing because uh, because if you're an engineer who runs the company uh, as opposed to a product uh, owner, there is always going to be this engineering bias. Like when you want to solve a problem, uh, we ask ourselves, like, what is the best engineering way of solving that problem, right? Not so much the best business way, meaning the quickest uh, that we could get it out the door. Uh, and what that means is we are not going to be influenced or driven necessarily by everything that we have in the current platform, right? Not, I mean, it's not like we're going to be oblivious to that, but at the same time, we, uh, we're going to be cognizant of it. Uh, but, but our decisions are mostly agnostic. And what I mean by that is we don't pick a language, like we don't pick Ruby or JavaScript or whatever it is, because we have something else that's working using those languages and frameworks. We build something new, we decide, uh, we make a decision on, uh, you know, we give it, we, given the business requirements and our timelines, we ask ourselves how best we could do it. If we had all the time and all the money, if we had we've, uh, what we might do, if we had uh, the time and money we actually do, in reality, what might we do? 
if we have lesser than what we have in terms of money or time, what we might do, right? So we don't go with the extremes, we go with something that's smack in the middle, right? Smack in the center. So we go with that and we make our best case uh, judgment and decision and then pick a library. Uh, what that means is our ecosystem at this point has, uh, and if you are an engineer who wants to join our team, uh, you would need to, uh, you would likely need to know a number of different languages. And even if you don't do, uh, you'd have to be the kind of engineer who's able to and willing to pick up those uh, those libraries and languages, right? But I say this because there are people I work with, good engineers, who want to stick to like one aspect, whether it's, whether it's one library or one framework or whatever it is, they enjoy it, they love it, and they don't want to change uh, doing, uh, they want to do other things. Now, it, it, personally, I, it, that's not the way I think of function, but there's no right or wrong answer. But I still think it's risky as an engineer because you're, the market could change, the market dynamics could change. So what if, uh, especially this is true with JavaScript more than anything else, things fall out of uh, client-side JavaScript, things fall out of favor all the time. Something that's super hot today is not so hot tomorrow and becomes cold like six months down the road. So you have to be able to adapt and I think it's important. Uh, but the, the need to adapt and, uh, and the necessity has just increased over these years. And that's why I took this example of being a Java developer years ago and, and just being in sort of the comfort zone, if you will. I don't know if you can necessarily afford that today, right? You might need to build something in Ruby, something else, and know it's something in Java, something in Python, something in .NET, right, for all you care. Uh, maybe you build, we're building something new and we, we found a fantastic .NET engineer. Uh, and then we're like, hey, you know what? Do we want to continue looking for somebody who does one of these other things that we actually use or should we just hire that person and have them build this next thing that we're trying to solve, right? So I think that's, I would lean in that direction. Now there's pros and cons in every approach, uh, no two ways about that. But I think as an engineer, if you're watching this, I would strongly recommend that you, you actually expand your horizons, right? Just don't learn a, a number of different things. It's not just different languages and frameworks different aspects of it, right? If you're doing UI, do backend or middleware, right? Or do DevOps, or if you've done a lot of DevOps and just, just do some UI work, just get the feel for everything that, that a software company will actually need. Uh, and you're gonna enjoy doing that. And I think it's, uh, uh, it'll help you just from a, from a career standpoint as well. Um, that's all I have to say. Um, talk to you in another video, bye-bye.